Welcome to the Stories She Sings, where we bring messages of biblical women to life through inspired songs. We hope this podcast will be a place of rest, refuge, and refreshing in the presence of God. Good morning. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and I'm so excited and happy to be here with you this morning on this episode of The Stories She Sings. This episode is entitled Celebrating the Pure Love of Christ with Storytelling, Song, and Scent. One of the beautiful things that I have loved doing as a massage therapist and as an emotional clearing specialist is to combine the positive thoughts through music with the beautiful sense of the oils of gladness. When you go back into the Bible and you, and you study the oils, you find that there are over 500 mentions of oils and of herbs in the Bible, being frankincense and cedarwood, sandalwood and aloes and coriander and juniper and cypress and fir. And all of these beautiful oils carry with them a vibration. And so as you listen to these podcasts, I encourage you to bring your journal and to bring your pen and to come and listen with headphones, because when you use headphones, you block out all of the other, uh, all of the other things, all the other interruptions that you can have. And so uh, this is something you can do in the middle of the night. If you can't sleep after you nurse your baby, or you just uh, find yourself feeling wakeful or even concerned or worried about something, I just would suggest that you would come to the stories she sings and listen to a podcast with your journal in hand. And there are always questions included. I always have questions in the show notes so that you can ponder. If you can't, if if you don't know what to write about in your journal, I like to call it a form of scripting where you are writing your own scriptures, where you are identifying with the women in the scriptures, especially in this podcast and in last week's podcast, which was likening this women in the scriptures unto yourselves with storytelling and song. But of course you can go back to that one as well, and you can add essential oils to that, or just have a diffuser diffusing beautiful oils. And I love to use the oils of the Bible when I'm working with a particular song about a woman in the scriptures. I do have a book full of stories. These are more like uh, excerpts in the first person, but I do have the pearls of perfection, which is a book that has longer stories. And I will begin sharing those with a story at the end of each one from the CD called a joyful heart. And also I will be sharing the ones from the women in the old Testament which are the crowning jewel songs, 12 extraordinary women in the Old Testament, while A Joyful Heart is the CD which compiles 13 songs about women in the New Testament. My passion is and has been writing songs since the age of 15. And 
then there were breaks when I did not write songs and I did not sing. And once you have had that experience of being able to capture the spirit in a song, it's, there's a lonely place when you, when you don't have that experience. And so this is very joyful for me to be able to revisit these songs and go back and pull them forward along with those sweet narratives of the women in the scriptures. Some of them are nameless women. Some of them are actual women that were named. And today's podcast will be a combination of women who were named Mary and Martha, Mary of Bethany and Martha, the widow who gave her last might, the um, the mother of Jesus who experienced the first miracle. And I've saved that song for last water into wine because it ends the show on a positive celebratory note as we are celebrating the pure love of Christ with the stories of women in the scriptures and what it might've been, what it might've felt like to be a woman in that day and in that time to have walked and talked with the Savior, to have experienced his miracles. You'll find other songs on this podcast like The Simple Truth. And that can be for a woman who was in distress, who had experienced pain, suffering, and sorrow, and then who was able to see the Savior's broken heart and experience the the simple truth about his love, that we can love more deeply than ever before because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. All of these songs become a powerful testimony and a witness of him. And you will also be able to hear Precious in His Sight, which is one more song that I have written for Mary Magdalene, who was the sweetest, dearest friend to the Savior and the first person that he appeared to after his resurrection. This would be a wonderful podcast to listen to around Easter time to truly ponder the atonement of Jesus Christ, the power of his pure love, and what it can do to an ordinary life and change us, transform us, raise us into extraordinary women of God. This is Karen Lynn Grant. I hope you enjoy the story she sings. As a little child, my mother took me to the Sermon on the Mount. I remember sitting on a little blanket beside her and listening with all my heart to the sound of the Savior Jesus Christ's voice. I remember him speaking the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I remember those words. I must have been about 14 at the time. I sat in the very front and listened eagerly, drinking in all of those wonderful confirmations to my spirit. Time changed and I grew and lost my way I ended up losing my way so much that 
I was like the prodigal son, only I became like the prodigal daughter. And during those times of wandering, I wondered how I could find my way back to those glorious moments when the sun shone overhead and the sky was so crystal blue. When I heard the Savior's voice speaking, carried in the wind, music to my heart. He was like a forgotten love to me. I searched in faces and in places for that kind of unconditional love. It was later that I found him. I found his life. I found the story of his love. He had died and risen again by that time in my life. But I read and heard and listened as his disciples taught me once more the beautiful stories of Jesus that I had once heard as a child.
I was a little girl at the time of the Savior's ministry. I went often to the carpenter's shop and knocked upon the door and was met by the loving eyes of the Savior Jesus Christ. I ran in and pulled the little stool out from underneath the carpenter bench, pulled it out and sat on it, and watched the way Jesus worked the wood this way and that way. One day, as I sat watching him, he leaned and picked a little piece of wood from off the floor. He began to carve it without speaking a word. I watched, eagerly waiting to see what he was creating. Slowly, the piece of wood took shape, and I could see it was a little wooden heart. He put a little hole through the center of it and put a little piece of twine and put it around my neck and said, My little one, this heart is like yours. It is simple, pure, and good. I cherished the gift, the emblem that Jesus gave to me. I wore it. My heart broke when he was crucified, and I kept the gift and wore it on into motherhood and taught my own children about Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter, who saw something good in me. Too much. 
town with my sister, Mary, in Bethany. The Savior was a dear friend of mine and a treasured guest in our humble home. He often came to visit my brother Lazarus, my sister Mary, and me after his long journeys. My heart has often been misunderstood. The scriptures do not give a full account of my love and devotion for the Lord Jesus Christ. I considered it an honor and a blessing to serve Him. There was on one occasion, however, when I was weary. I wanted everything to be perfect for Him. He seemed so tired and hungry when He came to our home that afternoon. I bid Him to ask my sister to help me with the preparation of dinner. Gently, the Lord invited me to join my sister Mary at His feet, tenderly telling me that I was careful and troubled about many things, but that He understood that I too had needs that should be met. He gently explained that Mary had chosen the better part, which fed her spirit and nurtured her soul. My dear sisters, it was with a heart full of love that I served Him. But it was when I allowed Him to serve me that my giving heart was replenished, my weary soul strengthened, and the craving of my spirit satisfied. Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. Deserving, 
felt his love such perfect love for me was my joy. I deeply drank in the spiritual truths which he offered me. I considered these truths to be precious pearls. I held each one carefully and gratefully in my heart. I grew in my knowledge and understanding not only of the glorious gospel message, but also of Jesus Christ, the precious Son of God. Oh, if only each of you could know the joy of being tenderly tutored at his knee, the joy of gazing into his face and seeing mirrored in his eyes complete, pure acceptance, perfect patience, compassion beyond description, and love immeasurable for you. As I grew in my love for him, he taught me to love myself and to love and to serve others. He was the pearl of perfection. He was a living emblem of complete and perfect truth. It was my desire to become even as he was. At times I grew discouraged, feeling I had so very far to go, but he always made me feel as if I were so very close. I know he saw the best in me, for often he would smile and say, Mary, the kingdom of God is within you. In time, I grew to understand what he meant. Perfection is not a treasure waiting at the end of a long journey to be discovered. Perfection lies within you, waiting to be discovered one pearl at a time along the path that leads to exaltation. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Each pearl he gave to me, my heart held. 
of his message and sense the divinity of his calling. My earnest desire was to keep the first and greatest commandment, to love the Lord with all my heart and mind and might. I followed him to the hillsides where he taught beautiful sermons to the multitudes. I stood on the shore of Galilee, listening to his flowing voice as it rippled across the waters to the ears of those who gathered to the water's edge to hear. I never spoke to him face to face as other women had. I watched, listened, observed and loved him from a distance. But oh, how I wanted to be his friend. In the temple, the week preceding his crucifixion, I came seeking further light and knowledge. Quietly, I dropped my last mite into the treasury. I felt warmth surrounding me when I turned, there standing before me was the Savior, Jesus Christ. At first, fear clutched at my heart, 
Perhaps you would not understand the significance of my humble offering. I offered him more than a coin. I offered him my heart. Mark 12, verses 41 through 44. Faith. 
could he know the pain that I had been concealing? As the others stood around me, ready to cast their stones at me, he came as if from out of nowhere and called them by name, bidding them, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. My head was lowered as I stared at the sand, and slowly they went their ways. After a short time, he came to me. He said, Woman, where are thine accusers? I looked around the open space, seeing no one there but he and I, and said, There is no one, Lord, but me and thee. He wrote something in the sand, and as I looked and beheld what he had written there, I realized that his love was greater than I had ever imagined before. I learned that day the simple truth about the Savior Jesus Christ. I learned that he is a loving friend, one who does not condemn. And as he said to me, I do not condemn thee. Go thy way and sin no more. My heart was filled and inspired to move forward in my life. I was filled with a desire to worship Him and to change my life, to make those needed changes, not out of force, but out of love. I am so grateful for the way He treated me, for the merciful, loving, kind, gentle way that He has with a sinner. Must 
have wept more than my share of tears. I never knew how deep his pain must be, deeper than my own to need the answer he had found Savior had many loyal friends, many of whom were women. We were sisters to him. We were those who comforted him in his hours of affliction. He taught us to bathe the feet of those who were tired and weary, and often we were privileged and honored to bathe his. The hardest part of his journey was nearing the end of his life. And the women who loved him and honored him and cherished him did not leave him alone in those times, although he did not want us there to see his suffering. I remember crying through the streets as they carried him away from us. to leave him alone and to let him go, that he was indeed the Prince of Peace, the dear Messiah. Why should they afflict this perfect one, this innocent one, so much? Why were they so jealous? Why did they persecute him so? My friends and I, we gathered around him and we stayed with him to the very end. We anointed him with oils and 
and bathed his feet and loved him, cherished him as our very own brother. He loved us too. We experienced his unconditional love. And in the end, he promised us that we would be with him again one day, that we would have eternal life. He stood silently before his accusers, stripped and shamed before an angry throng. His heart was pure, his hands were clean, they cast stones at a man who had done no wrong. Blameless but condemned by his own people, they mocked and scorned him, still wanting him to die. They shouted, you must crucify him, drowning out the few whose voices cried. He is the Prince of Peace, the true Messiah, our Lord and Master, let him live. Our very souls shall die without him, take our lives but please, oh please spare his. I watched them beat him with the blame for our transgression, lay the burden of their own guilt on his soul. In pure innocence his heart was dying, the cup of my sorrow overflowed. He is the Prince of Peace, the true Messiah, our Lord and Master, let him live. Your very soul shall die without him, take our lives but please, oh please bear his. If he must die, let me die with him. He's not your enemy, but your friend. You must know that if you crucify him, he will live again. He is the Prince of Peace, the true Messiah. You must let my Lord and Master live. My very shall die without him take my life but please oh please spare his at the empty tomb I wept I felt forsaken how could I live without my savior to the end peace filled my heart when he answered I died for you, that you might live again. I stood beside him till the very end.
Magdala, known in the scriptures as Mary Magdalene. I was a loyal friend of the Savior Jesus Christ. I knew him very well. I was his faithful follower and true friend. I was healed through my faith in him of evil spirits which possessed me. In my heart there never was a doubt that he could heal me of the sorrow that plagued my soul. Perhaps women of today would call my illness depression. When he found me, my heart truly sang a new song. I was the first that the risen Lord appeared to. I believe it was because I was searching so intently for him. I bear my witness to you, my sisters, that if you will search diligently, pray always, and be believing, there will come a day when you will find him. It was through his power and his strength and the joy of his presence in my life that I was brought to sing his song of redeeming love. I knew I was precious in his sight. John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18. My soul once more a sigh. 
redemption song I was precious in his sight Tears streamed my trembling cheek I heard an angel speak Woman, why dost thou weep? Why do you weep? I cried, behold In my sight He cried Behold the silent sepulchre Behold the empty tomb It is I Your risen Lord This day I found eternal life For you mother of Jesus, I looked to him for strength on many occasions. It was on one such occasion where he performed his first miracle, turning water into wine. I learned a great lesson that day about his ability to help us turn our weaknesses into strength. It was such a sweet celebration that day for me on so many levels as I realized that not only could he increase the joy of souls who needed joy, but he could increase the strength of, of all of us in our weakness. Turning water into wine may seem like it wasn't such a necessary thing, but he cared about the details of life. He cared about making everything perfect. He cared about making everyone happy. He wanted us to all have joy. I was at the wedding feast a long, long time ago. I asked my son, he felt my need for the miracle. When water at his bidding was turned, to wine when that which was weak became divine what a sweet celebration a quiet joy for me to taste his first miracle to taste divinity he was god's son he had come turned water to wine he turned weakness into strength 
He made it divine His heart in that moment Clearly spoke to me If I bring my weakness In humility saying